So, okay, this is special, isn't it? It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And you can understand why they, they buried somebody here. Look at that. Anthony McNulty clearly treasures his little corner of southwest Wicklow. The Wicklow Way comes down along here and follows down and just comes out on the road. Um, sorry, just below that house there. At the bottom of the hill there, yeah, You can yeah. see the track there, actually. Yeah. And it comes down there. And we're looking north there to Lugnaquilla yes. and on further. Probably able to see right over into Kilkenny if the trees weren't in the way That's there. right. Allegedly, you can see seven counties. And uh, so I think somebody says awfully, but I can't quite see He took me through the woods to the top of Moilisha Hill to a moss-covered megalithic wedge tomb. But this, this site here is uh, adjacent, right adjacent to any area where mining would want to be done. Geological studies suggest that Moilisha Hill near Shalala might yet prove to be rich in a very valuable mineral ore. But Anthony and his neighbours are opposed to any mining in the area because of the potential loss of biodiversity and the possible contamination of their water source. This site here um, is just really, really special and would be in danger if anything were to happen here on the hill. The company say that they are very sensitive to the cultural value of things like this tomb, things like this vista here, and that for that reason they tend to prefer underground mining, shaft mining, which would be very, very non-intrusive, wouldn't it? No, no, because they still have to have tailings ponds and they still have to have management areas and movement areas and loading and unloading areas. Now this would be one way of making this programme. I could pit the valid environmental concerns of locals against a giant and resource-ravenous Chinese-owned mining corporation. But there is another equally valid way for me to start this programme. So please permit me a second try. I love my car. Well, not so much the object as the time spent alone with my thoughts in it. But our love of our cars is making the planet unlivable. Transport emissions are proving to be one of the tougher climate action nuts to crack because so many of us love our cars so much. We don't want to be separated from them and the electric alternatives are out of the price range of most of us. What though if there turned out to be a plentiful supply of lithium here in Ireland? Enough to allow us to make so many car batteries that petrol and diesel would be nothing more than an unpleasant memory. So I could make a Protect the Local Environment programme, or I could make a How Ireland Plays Its Part in Saving the Planet programme. Because this is a new debate. The narrative hasn't been set as yet. Looked at one way, it is the story of an enormous company making a globally meaningful contribution to climate action that Ireland can help facilitate. The battery produced by Gangfeng, uh, more than 12.5 million tons carbon dioxide has been like, reduced. But on the other hand, when judged against the impact of lithium mining on indigenous communities in South America, Africa and Australia, this could equally be the story of a local community preserving what is theirs and all of ours from destruction. We asked him quite bluntly, why is it you're operating up there on, under the cover of darkness? You know, why are you operating in secrecy?
I'm Philip Oucher Hayes and this is Hot Mess, comparing our climate ambition to our climate action. Episode 8. There's batteries in them there hills. Is mining more good than bad? And how do you solve a big problem without hurting a small community? The government's target of a million electric vehicles on Irish roads by the end of the decade is out of reach, not least because of the global shortage of precious minerals like lithium. Demand for lithium is so high that by June it is expected to be 80% higher than it was in December. The European Union is very keen to develop its own resources rather than rely on China. There is a lot of lithium about. Um, the world leaders in this are China and Chile and Argentina. Um, and we are really not present in this game at all. Peter Handley is the EU official in charge of raw materials. He doesn't think that Europe should leave itself exposed to the insecurity of becoming dependent on others to supply us with such a crucial raw material. We think that we should be trying to reduce our overall risk and um, make some use of the resources that we have in Europe, because we do have lithium and other battery resources sitting in Europe. Peter, is there something of a moral argument to be made here as well, that it's not good enough for us in the developed world to leave the messy mining extraction process to the developing world, that we, with our tighter regulations and our better technology, should be rolling up our sleeves and getting into the dirty work ourselves? I would entirely agree with that. And indeed, my commissioner, Thierry Breton, said as much at a conference last summer. He said, we actually have a moral responsibility to, uh, to produce more of the raw materials that we're using because we, we actually uh, source ourselves 1% of these critical raw materials, but we use 20% of them. We should be mining for lithium because we in Europe can do it more cleanly and with less social impact than anywhere else. And we have started in Wicklow to establish how much lithium is down there. And when we see the colour change and more class within soil, we know we're at the depth we want to get to. Geologist Emmett Hart taking soil samples for lithium ore in a field in Wicklow that's part of a 50 kilometre exploration licence running from Tinnahili in Wicklow to Gregnamana on the Carlo Kilkenny border. And you can hear that you're grinding off rocks as well, so that's presumably where you want to be getting down to the bedrock. The prospecting is being done by a massive Chinese mining company, Jiangxi Ganfeng Lithium Limited. They believe that there is a belt of lithium that runs underground from Newfoundland across the Atlantic to Ireland. Careful how you step over that fence yeah. now, I think it's on. <laughs> what is lithium in its unprocessed form and how do you find it? It's most common unprocessed form in, uh, in the bedrock geology as is a mineral called spodumene, which is... Geologist John Harrop, the project leader in Ireland, explained to me how you find lithium in the first place and how you establish if there's enough there to make it worth your while digging it up. To date, nobody has found an economic amount of lithium in Ireland. You've been at this for quite a long time here, though, haven't you? Yes, we've been at this... Uh, 
the, the activity really got started in 2014. Uh, no, 2013. What have you found that has kept you here that long? We, we have found various places where we see lithium showing up in soil. And then we typically go and drill. Because if there's no outcrop, we need to drill to get some of the bedrock to see what's underneath our soil. So would I be right then in saying that you have identified that there is lithium here, you just don't yet know in what amounts or whether it's economic to take it out of the ground? There's definitely lithium here. Um, we've not identified something yet which is uh, forming a large enough body to consider evaluating it as economic. One of the places that Ganfeng had encouraging early signs from the soil samples was Moilisha Hill, Anthony McNulty's stomping ground near Shalala. There they have progressed from soil samples at 60 centimetres to drilling much deeper to see what lies beneath. But a possible lack of consultation with the local community has gotten backs up. We only found out here when uh, neighbours who were concerned came to me and said, there's lights up in the forest at night and there's men working up there at night. And I thought it was Quilche, you know, some of the guys were, might have been working, you know, we would see that now and again, where there'd be harvesting going on. But then I realised there was no, harvesting, no harvesters up here. So when I came up and had a little look around, I found machinery and uh, I recognised the equipment straight away and I said, uh-oh, what's going on here? John Harrop, the company's geologist, later told Anthony what they were up to in the woods late at night. But it wasn't the kind of start to a relationship that exactly establishes trust. Our landscape is not disposable. Our wildlife is not disposable. We can't, we can't sacrifice one to make another and say we're doing the right thing. Is it fair that we should say uh, we want all of those batteries for our cars or whatever, uh, but we will only tolerate that damage being done somewhere else on the other side of the world. We're not going to play our part here in a part of the world which would arguably perhaps be better regulated mm. than South America. Yes, you're right. And, and that's the, the NIMBY argument. You know, mine it somewhere else, but we want the product. Um, that's a very good argument. We don't, we don't subscribe to that. We subscribe to research and development. Look at the alternatives, because the alternatives are showing good results. Perhaps their campaign is equal parts environmental protection and nimbyism. But whichever, it doesn't really matter, because they're not wrong to have some concerns about Ganfung Lithium Mining Limited. I took a closer look at the company's record in other parts of the world. And in South America, they've been accused of environmental mismanagement. We made an investigation three years ago on that uh, area where Ganfeng um, has uh, Minera Exar. There were many violations to a healthy environment because of the impacts that, uh, that these uh, mining projects cause. That's Maria Laura Castillo-Diaz, an environmental activist working with an Argentinian NGO. She told me more about what happened when Ganfung went mining in Argentina. And I asked the president of Ganfung why he should be allowed to mine in Ireland with a record like that. But lights in the woods in the middle of the night, 
that's not really a very open way of telling the local community what you're doing, is it? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so I I don't know like uh, the details about the light in the woods. After the break. We made a, an investigation three years ago on that uh, area where Ganfeng um, has uh, my, uh, Minera Exar, and there were many violations. Ganfeng, the same company that is engaged in lithium exploration in Wicklow, is part of a consortium that has been mining lithium in Jujuy province in northwest Argentina for several years now, and it has not been without controversy. There were many violations not only to the, to the right to prior consultation, but also violations to a healthy environment because of the impacts that, uh, that these uh, mining projects cause uh, on these ecosystems, and also um, labor rights violations. We were uh, informed that uh, even though many companies uh, focused on the employment opportunities, while well, this actually did not include terms of employment, uh, clear so that the communities knew what, what were the rights. There's a lot to unpick there, Maria Lara. Can I just go back over some of it, please, and make sure that we're talking about Ganfeng in each instance? The lack of consultation with communities. What did you find there? We talked to uh, two communities and uh, Ganfeng has agreements with some uh, of these local communities. But what, I, what we point out is that uh, these communities did not have the full picture of the uh, activity. They did not have the full information. And yes, we are talking about uh, Ganfeng. What did you find on the environmental front? On the environmental front, we have uh, different kind of problems. For instance, the access to water. Uh, we have uh, experts that have analyzed the impacts on the availability of water. Um, the problem here is that the extraction of great volumes of water deprives these communities to have uh, water for, for their living. This is also very uh, problematic in an area where hardly rains. Um, that are so extremely arid and uh, where water is the key factor for surviving. Quite a troubling list. But Maria Laura added an important piece of context for me. Ganfeng has operated inside the law and the mining code in Argentina at all times. It's just unfortunate that the mining code hasn't been updated since the 1880s. And here in the rules-based European Union, Peter Hanley, the Commission official responsible for raw materials, says that it would be totally different. Full transparency and uh, really engaging with, uh, with communities at every stage and answering their questions and alleviating their concerns is, is primordial. So with all of this in mind, I got in contact with the president of Zhangxi Ganfeng Lithium Mining Limited in Ireland, Mr. Jason Luo. Uh, we believe right now Ganfeng account for about 20% of the total uh, lithium supply in the world. And does that make you the biggest company or one of the top three? Uh, we think it's one of the top three. 
He's being very modest. Their stock price makes them the biggest lithium company in the world. Perhaps this modesty is because he's aware of the perception of a rapacious China gobbling up the world's resources. I asked him what was the best case scenario for their project in Ireland? Did it look like there was enough lithium in the ground that they would end up mining here? Uh, yeah, Phoenix, this is a good question, but a hard question. <laughs> um, the answer is long and technical with loads of caveats and qualifications because they're still at such an early stage of the project. But it appears to boil down to a yes, they will. It's really hard to predict what's going to happen, but now we are pretty confident. Say uh, we could find like good resource on this project. And uh, once we have good resource, Ganfun is going to move this project into a construction stage. And we're gonna comply with the local law and also work with local community to uh, respect local culture and custom to find the best way to extract this project, to build the project, and uh, and move into the uh, uh, production. That's the best scenario, and I think this is good uh, not only for uh, Gangfeng but also for the community and the Ireland, because this will like uh, create jobs and uh, bring tax, and we also understand the uh, Ireland government uh, have the target uh, to produce. 945,000 electrical vehicles by 2030 and uh, reduce the carbon emission by 51%. So we guess this project will um, help uh, Ireland uh, to get into the, um, the, the renewable energy uh, chain uh, industry and help the government to reach the target. That's something that he acknowledges would only be true if the lithium ore stayed in Ireland or even Europe and wasn't shipped back to China for processing. Just let me confirm, though, as a part of that, you would be exporting 100% of what you extracted, would you? Uh, that depends. That depends. I, I would say if it's too small, uh, then it will not be uh, economically found to construct or plant on site. But if the resource is big enough, then that will be like a very interesting option to have the plant on site. So beware any claims that this will directly assist us getting to our electric vehicle target. Mining here would really only be helping reduce the global price of lithium by increasing the supply, which is still no bad thing. The battery produced by Gangfeng uh, equip the okay the electrical vehicles equipped it with Gangfeng battery has uh, been driving the total mileage more than 50 billion kilometers. That means like uh, uh, more than 12.5 million tons uh, carbon dioxide has been like reduced. So you would say uh, those like a renewable energy like a chain industry really like a contribute to the environment and to protect the global environment instead of like a, a new pollution. Who among us runs a company that has reduced global emissions by 12.5 million tonnes of carbon dioxide? That is an undeniable social good that has to be balanced against their troubling environmental record in Argentina. 
I have spoken to an environmental uh, NGO in Argentina called Farn, and they say of Minera XR, the company that you are, I think, a 37% uh, owner of, uh, that in the extraction that has taken place in Jujuy province, there have been some problems. They say that communities were not fully informed of what your plans were, that the opportunities that in some cases were promised were never delivered on, and that there was big problems with access to water because you had used so much water uh, in your production process. What's your response to those criticisms? Um, we, uh, for that project, yes, we are one of the shareholders. And um, that project, we uh, exactly comply with the law. And uh, um, I think uh, we, I think everything like uh, we, the, for that project, we use the best equipment and to reduce emission. And uh, we take the, uh, the best uh, process uh, we have to reduce the consumption of water and uh, and other uh, sources, uh, resources. So um, it is a very high standard uh, project, and uh, we anticipate it won't have like a, a negative environmental impact to the community. But I think like a, um, that happens like a, right now. If you see right now, there are many like a. Community globally, there are many communities like uh, the uh, anti-mining and uh, the concern about the water and the environment, which is quite reasonable. Uh, we think uh, we need like to strengthen the uh, collaboration and communication with the local community. That's interesting to hear you say that because the local community in Ireland where the exploration is taking place, some people have told me that they were concerned that they only first found out about what you were doing when they saw lights in the woods at night. That's that's not great communication, is it? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so so I, I don't know like uh, the details about the light in the woods. Uh, but uh, we know this is like a, uh, we got all the permits and uh, before we start exploration and we completely like uh, comply with the law and uh, we didn't do anything illegal. And uh, um, this is, to, to be honest, this is a very early stage uh, exploration project. Uh, maybe what we should improve is to have better communication with local community. If Ganfeng observed the laws in Argentina such as they are, presumably they would also observe the more rigorous protections here too. And if they succeed in getting a bit better at the communications with locals, it may be that there will be lithium coming out of the Wicklow Hills in the next five to ten years. But there's a sting in the tail of this story. mineral nationalism, to coin a phrase, or European lithium for European cars. The potential lithium mining in Wicklow is the first time that a company from outside Europe has ever looked to mine in the EU and export what it takes from the ground outside Europe. Peter Hanley, the raw materials man from the Commission, 
was very keen at the end of our interview to fire a shot across Chinese bows if they think that all that lithium is heading east. The exploration project uh, by Ganfeng in Ireland is the first uh, case that we come across of China looking for resource, uh, battery resources here in the European Union. When it's Europeans or Canadians or Australians, they're always looking to develop this for the European economy's benefit uh, and developing the value chain and the jobs here in Europe. Whereas we know that um, the the model that, uh, that China is following is they're looking to secure as much battery raw material as possible from anywhere in the world. And generally, it's to uh, send this back to China for refining and processing. And that's why I think if we have resources here in Europe, we should be trying to ensure that they're, they're used to benefit um, the, the, the population and the economy of the European Union. Can I just clarify something here, please? Is it up to the Irish government to decide where Irish lithium should or shouldn't go? Or is that something that the Commission sees itself having a role in as well? For a couple of years now, we have a, 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 a rule book in Europe, which is called Foreign Direct Investment Regulation, which is designed to ensure that um, industrial activities which are important for national security are scrutinised very carefully before foreign investors acquire the assets. Is that a national security interest or a more straightforward commercial interest? Well, that's a question. I'm not going to answer that question today. It's just to say that we are very, very interested in seeing uh, what happens to the things which we consider as vital parts of our um, uh, economic future here in Europe. Is the EU picking a fight with China on the side of a hill in Wicklow? Is this a question of national security or resource nationalism? Where do the interests of locals rank in such a big money poker game? And with the price of petrol where it is, can we afford not to dig for lithium? So many questions. And it is particularly unsatisfactory to end a programme with so many of them left unanswered. But for the moment, it's hard to see how not to. Perhaps we're going to have to revisit this one down the line. In the meantime, thanks for listening. If you found this programme interesting, you may like to listen back to some of the others in the series. How do we get off Russian gas and oil? Can we afford to ignore nuclear power? Who is against wind energy? Hot Mess is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>